Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua and Selmo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the MLB, your Toronto Blue Jays. Now, it is the All-Star Game break at the time of this recording, and unfortunately it is going to be a solo episode as my co-host Nicholas Falach is dealing with uh, an issue, a technical issue with his uh, laptop. So, it's just me today. Um, you know, we're kind of at the mid-season point here. Like I said, it's the All-Star break. Things are slow. We're recording this on the last day of the break. The Jays do play the Boston Red Sox tomorrow night at 7:10 p.m. The pitching duel is not confirmed at this point at the time of this recording as I'm recording early in the morning, but you know, I'm excited for the Jays to come back. Obviously, the All-Star game break is slow. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't really enjoy it. Um, the Midsummer Classic is, you know, it's a classic and it's, you know, fun, but as you get older, I don't know, I just, I found like I've lost some interest in, uh, the break and it's always something that, you know, I'm always trying to just speed through, but today's episode is going to be a look at the second half near for the Jays. And, you know, in the last 10 games going into the break, the Jays were five and five, very, very interesting time period for this Jays team, you know? manager charlie montoyo gets his job taken um you know that was i wouldn't say i was surprised but definitely caught me off guard especially with the timing and you know uh the current i guess situation with the blue jays coaching staff but you know i guess how can you not like see that coming right the team hasn't met expectations this year at all um but you know it's just it kind of sucks to see charlie go obviously you know the sweep with the mariners didn't help um but you know, it's tough, right? Like Charlie, you can tell there's a lot of people that love him. There's a lot of people that were emotional after the firing. Uh, but then there's others that were, you know, taking it as a positive and saying that, you know, he wasn't really the right guy to take this team to the next level, to make this team a championship contender. And I, one thing I have to say is I was talking to my co-host Nick about this off, uh, off air. And I was just saying like, you know, you look around at rebuilds, no matter what sport, Usually the manager or coach that they hire to, you know, endure the rebuild and go through it with, they never seem to make it out uh, into the contending process. Like they might be on the cusp, like we saw Montoyo make the postseason there uh, in the COVID shortened season. But, you know, like we never saw Montoyo really get a shot here. We haven't really seen him get a real postseason. That shortened COVID uh, postseason, I don't know how much you put or how much, you know, listeners uh, put into how much worth that is because it was the two game set in Tampa Bay. Um, but you know, I, I just think like, it's definitely tough. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss his vibe. Um, you know, there's always times where he'd, you know, frustrate you and some decisions were definitely, you know, head scratching, but Montoya seemed like a really good guy and it shows by, you know, how many people are really sad about this and affected by the move. It just shows what a class act he is. And, you know, I just want to wish Montoya the best. I hope he gets another shot managing in his career. But going back to what I was saying is you never see these coaches or managers make it through the full process. And that's one thing that, I, you know, you got to wonder if you're a coach, right? Like, and you're going through these rebuild opportunities, it seems to, you know, never last. And that's something that I would kind of see as, uh, you know, something to look at down the road here in near the future. Because, you know, 
this, uh, especially as a, a full-time major league coach or a full-time head coach, getting your first gig with a rebuilding team and, you know, you get fired and you really have nothing on your resume, it's, you know, a little bit tougher to get a job after that, right? So, you know, that's something I've always wondered. And I was talking to Nick off the air about that. And I'm, just, you know, how are we going to see that change in the future? Because eventually it is going to happen. You know, how many managers are going to take rebuilding roles if, um, you know, they're just starting off their career? Because I think Montoyo is a good manager. I think he's still, if he gets a chance on another MLB team, I think he's still going to be good. I think he's still got, a you know, a future as a full-time manager for sure. I think that, you know, this just... It was tough, right? And it just obviously didn't go the way that any of the sides wanted it to. And, uh, you know, a change is welcomed on my end, I must admit. Um, you know, seeing Bo, uh, Bo Bichette, you know, comment and just, uh, you know, all the talk around Schneider as he's the new manager now. And, you know, he obviously won with this group uh, down in the minors. And, you know, that's obviously a positive. So just, you know, seeing how he's more, uh, you know, sandpaper. Um, a more sandpaper type of coach, more grit, uh, you know, more hard on the players demanding. So I think that's uh, definitely something that was needed within this group. But the positive vibes and stuff like that, I'm definitely going to miss from Charlie. And, you know, Schneider, I forget the exact uh, player that said, but Schneider is more of a person that deals with it with the group, like situations where uh, Montoya was more of a personal guy where he'd invite you into his, you know, office or pull you aside where Schneider, you know, kind of explains this to the whole group and, you know, we're going to get through it all together. So, you know, that's obviously an encouraging sign, but, you know, let's go back to the team now. You know, the Royals, they came to Toronto. They take the first game of the series. Um, then the Jays take the, the last three of the four. Um, you know, it, it's tough because the Jays are a very hot and cold team, right? Like there's times in the year where they have been unbeatable, there's been times where they have been absolute garbage. And the Kansas City Royals came to Toronto missing 10 players due to vaccination stuff. And they were very depleted. They had a lot of uh, players making their debuts, stuff like that. And obviously you would have liked to have seen a sweep here, but they take three or four. Um, you know, they swept the Phillies. They take two games from them. That sweep to the Mariners, I still think is, you know, that bad taste in your mouth. Even though the Mariners are hot right now, they are arguably the hottest team in baseball. I don't think that's a doubt right now. Um, their last 10 games, they've won 10 straight. They're on a 14-game win streak. They are red hot, being led by, you know, rookie Julio Rodriguez, who has been an absolute stud. And I'm so glad I picked him in fantasy uh, in the last round because that was an absolute steal. Um, you know, so, you know, the Mariners... They are red hot right now, but that sweep was uh, definitely something that left a bitter taste into, I think, all of Jays fans' mouths going into the break here. But they get a fresh set here. And, you know, let's look at the next three series. They have the Red Sox, the Cardinals, and the Tigers. So the Red Sox, I think they can easily take two games of three here. Uh, it will be in Boston, so at Fenway. You know how those events usually go. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good. Um, but then after that, they're hosting the Cardinals, and you know the Cardinals are a very good team this year. They are a very good team, uh, but they they're also very hot and cold. Like remember when the Jays played them at the start of the year, their offense was clicking. They were like number one in the league or top three, and it's, it's been snuffed out. And you know now they're sitting second in the NL Central. Um, their offense. Let's look at the numbers here. They're eighth in average now. They're eighth in on base percentage. They're eleventh in slugging. They're 11th in OPS, 
14th in home runs now. But they do have a lot of speedy guys here as their fifth in stolen bases. But remember when, uh, like I said, the first time the Chase played them this season, their home run totals, they were in the top three. Their slugging was in the top five. Their average was in the top three. Like, this was a very hot baseball team driven by their offense. They were led by the offense, and they've seemingly come down to earth here. Harrison Bader is on the 10-day IL with a foot injury. Yepes as well on the 10-day IL with a forearm injury. Um, so, you know, you're not going to see those guys probably in this series uh, coming up. Uh, but, you know, the Red Sox, you know, that's going to be the main focus of today's episode. But after that, they have the Tigers coming to town. And the Tigers were a team that many had such high expectations on uh, this offseason. They have a record of 37-55. and 55. They're fourth in the AL Central. They spent money this year, but really have not lived up to the hype. It's uh, definitely been a tough season. You know, they have a, they have some good players, I have to admit. Baez and Soto. Um, so, you know, they're a fun team to watch uh, despite, you know, that record. I know, like, Scooball as well isn't having the best year, but Casey Mize is also uh, not playing. He's injured. So it's definitely tough to be a Tigers fan right now. But if you look at the bottom teams in the league, I think the Detroit Tigers are you know, probably the most fun team to watch out of those. Um, so I have to give them credit. But this isn't a team you can take lightly either, right? Like we saw the Jays struggle against them last year when they were even worse. So, you know, these late season battles or should I say mid-season battles, these are going to be very pivotal down the road here. And that is why today's episode, I, I call it, it's, you know, the grind starts now. There's no other way to put it. This team has World Series expectations they have a guy in alec manoa who has been a monster this season they've had a very nice season from cy Gauz. kevin gosman has been you know arguably one of the biggest uh you know or should i say best offseason moves uh in the league as a whole and what he's done with the jays so far and you know i'm looking forward to him returning back to action and you know barrios he hasn't had the greatest year at all he's been very shaky but, you know, I, I expect him now, this second half, it's a fresh start, right? I think that is what this team needs. And that's why I'm so excited. Because this fresh start, I think, it, you know, everything resets now, right? You have the second half of the season to go. Everybody is going to be playing their best baseball. You're going to have teams making massive trades, swinging in new players. This is where the second half of the season starts. This is where the grind begins. Are the teams... The the Jays are competing with going to get better. Yes, but are the Jays going to get better for sure? I see the Jays going out and adding a bat. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk that the Pirates are shopping Vogel back. I don't see the Jays bringing him back uh, after that tenor. Even though the Jays could use a lefty, um, you know, bench bat. I I, I don't think Vogel back's an option. Perhaps Josh Bell if they do want to give up, you know, a pretty high end prospect. Um, you know, obviously Josh Bell is going to command a lot of value uh, heading back the other way. But, you know, those are just, you know, I want to look at a lefty that's got a little bit of power in them that can, you know, potentially provide a spark to the lineup offensively, uh, but also some pitching, right? Like Jose Quintana of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Are the Jays really going to go out and swing a massive trade for Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo where they give up, you know, major pieces of, you know, the farm system? But get, you know, a top-end pitcher in baseball. I think Luis Castillo has been a stud this year. I think he's definitely a guy that can make a huge jump, um, you know, or sorry, provide a huge jump for the Blue Jays if he was to jump to the rotation. 
Frankie Montas as well. You know, I love watching him pitch. He's an absolute stud. So I think the Jays, you know, there's definitely something that's going to be happening here down the road. Now, I want to touch up on, since we're talking trades here, Juan Soto. And, you know, Juan Soto, very good player. Very good player. Top five player in baseball. I fully believe Juan Soto has the potential to be the best player in the league uh, for years to come with his potential. Now, there's Fernando Tatis Jr., there is Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, Julio Rodriguez now is starting to jump onto the scene. So there is players across the league that I think have a very big, uh, a very good chance of battling Juan Soto for that spot. But Juan Soto is a player that, you know, rejected a $440 million contract <laughs> from the Washington Nationals. Um, so he's obviously in rumors right now after... Uh, there was talk that the J, or sorry, there was talk that um, you know the Nationals are not going to be shopping him, and you know I, I was on Twitter last night. And I saw something about Juan Soto to the Blue Jays and how basically the Jays wouldn't like. I'm going to try and find the exact tweet uh, before the show ends today, but basically it was saying how um, you know that the Jays would have to part with an, a corner outfielder in Teoscar Hernandez or Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, an infield prospect, or no, sorry, a couple infield prospects, uh, Nate Pearson, and, uh, you know, some other piece. And basically, without giving up Bichette, uh, Springer, uh, and Alejandro Kirk, or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, you know, a trade automatically like that, where you're not giving up a piece of your core to get a player that is potentially the best player in the league, uh, you know, for years to come, I think that's a trade you got to make any day of the week. But I don't think that's a trade that would happen. Uh, there's a lot of people that talk about how to see a Juan Soto trade, um, you know, they would kind of follow the model that the Boston Red Sox did with Mookie Betts. Um, you know, that's uh, something that I don't, I think you, I think I can agree with that a bit, but I think you're going to see a lot more added to it. Juan Soto, though, did talk about how he did want to test free agency. Um, so, you know, that's also a factor to take in, but, you know, Want like the Jays swinging a trade for Juan Soto as awesome as it would be, I I just can't see it happening. Like I think it'd be so cool. Just imagine the scenes of Juan Soto at Rogers Center with Vladdy and Bo and Jordan. Like it would this team would be a World Series contender uh, for years and years to come if they could keep Alec Manoa around and Gosman pitches like he does and Barrios can live up to his extension. Especially with you know the pitching prospects the Jays have, obviously Ricky Teedman I think was included in that mock trade that I saw on Twitter. I'm trying to, I think it was from Jim Bowden. Um, I'm not sure. I'm gonna try and find it though. So uh, I'll bring that back up uh, when whenever I find it. But you know I, I just think that the Jays I don't I don't see them bringing in Soto. I think that's uh, you know not really a move that you know Rogers itself would want to make as the owners of the Jays because you're gonna have to give up money to Guerrero. You're going to have to pay Bichette. Uh, you know, there's also going to be pieces that come up through the farm system eventually that you're going to want to keep around long term. You know, Alejandro Kirk's going to need a raise eventually. And, you know, even Espinal, too, if Espinal keeps this up and, you know, he just gets better and better. He's been getting better every season. So this year he was an all star. It'd be interesting to see what happens next year because, you know, his career trajectory is just getting better every season. But those are just some examples, you know. The Jays, I think right now, the best thing for them to do is to cautiously buy. And I know that might not be a popular answer because this team was second in uh, World Series championship odds, but just cautious buy. I still think this team is very good. I think this team 
if they got into the playoffs would be very hard to eliminate. Here's why. Because, you know, we go into the postseason, right? There's usually about four starting pitchers. The fifth starter usually gets pushed into the bullpen. So I guess in our case, uh, the fifth starter, uh, we don't even have one right now. So, I mean, Kikuchi was labeled as that. But, um, you know, we don't know if he's going to be on the roster in September. But um, so you have Alec Manoa, who I would assume would get you game one. Um, You have Gosman, who would pitch in game two. You have Barrios in game three. You trade for a pitcher that you wouldn't have to give up, you know, a lot for, I think, in Jose Quintana. I think you'd have to give up maybe a double-A arm with some upside, potentially a triple-A guy that, you know, is on the cusp of making it that other teams might find appealing that we don't have a, a spot here for. Obviously, the Jays' farm system has been very depleted after recent seasons, you know, being more from the buyer's perspective. But I think Jose Quintana is a guy you can swing over. He could potentially pitch in that fourth game. Uh, the, the fourth starter usually only gets one game a series. So I, I would feel, I would feel pretty comfortable putting uh, Quintana in as that fourth starter in a playoff series. Obviously, if you can swing a Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas, you can push Barrios potentially as that fourth starter. And, you know, I don't think there's a game that the Jays might not have the advantage pitching-wise, right? Like, if you had Luis Castillo as your fourth starter in a playoff series and you have Barrios as your third, like, that is just awesome. Uh, depth down the pitching line and I think that you know that is something that you could win a World Series off of despite if your offense is cold so that's maybe a route the Jays want to go I just don't think the Jays right now are going to swing in a Montas or a Castillo and you know maybe how do I describe it an earth an earth shattering trade um, this year with the team already out of the division race you know the Yankees have that locked up but you know, if we're looking at wild card wise, I have no problems with the J. I have no problem with the Jays going out cautiously buying a guy like Jose Quintana and a left-handed bat that can provide a spark. You know, I think this Jays team just needs these little pieces, and I think we have the stars. We have Alec Manoa, we have Gosman, uh, Barrios. I'm sure with this fresh start, is going to get back to his old form. Maybe not as good as we expected, but I think he's going to be a lot better uh, in the second half here. Kikuchi, who knows, maybe once he comes off the IL, he'll be back to what the Jays thought that they were getting, giving him a three-year term. Um, but, you know, you had a starting pitcher. Jose Quintana is a name that I've been talking about all season. You know, if you've been listening to this podcast since late April, early May, I've been saying Jose Quintana is a potential option. And, you know, John Morrissey spoke about how the Jays are potentially a team to look at. I think that'd be a very good move here. Um, obviously, you can tell us the way I'm talking. That's the guy I want to go out and get because I know – the Pirates aren't going to be asking for a lot. Quintana is going to be a free agent. And the Jays aren't a team that usually trades for players that don't have control. But I think the Jays would have a very good chance at uh, keeping Quintana even into next season. Uh, so I just think that's a good move. And, you know, obviously the bat, you can go anywhere, right? You can look across the league. There's tons of teams that have bench bats that are going to be available. Um, you can even look at some mediocre playoff teams where you can make a one-for-one swap from somebody off our roster. Maybe a team needs a catcher. Obviously, the catcher talk is very hot in Toronto this season with Danny Jansen playing you know, some good baseball, Alejandro Kirk being an all-star starter for the American League, and you know, top prospect Gabriel Moreno making his debut this year. So you know, the catching position for the Jays is definitely a controversial topic. So if a team really needs a catcher and they're willing to part with you know, a very nice piece, then I think you got to swing that trade as well. I just don't want the Jays to go out and make, you know, like I said, at, uh, sorry, earth shattering trades 
And, um, you know, for a team that's going to be in that wild card spot for sure, uh, without, you know, really having a chance to catch the Yankees. Because, you know, you're going to have this core for the next couple seasons. It, what's the point of burning through the farm system now, right? Like, I get it. Uh, everybody wants to win right away. But this team, I think they're just these, you know, smoothed edged pieces away from, I, I don't even know how I describe smoothed edge. Like, these smoother pieces to well-round the lineup and pitching rotation, I think can make this team so much better uh, down here in the second half. And, you know, I'm going to do three, um, I guess, three projections of mine uh, for the second half of the season. Number three, I think you're going to see some very good play out of Yusei Kikuchi. Now, I know this This is, these are actually not project hot takes. So these are three hot takes in the year. Let's Let's have some fun here. You know, it's a Friday in Blue Jays land and, um, you know, well, by the time you're listening, this is probably going to be Friday. So let's have some fun here in Blue Jays land. Uh, the Jays are back taking on the Boston Red Sox. So number one, hot, sorry, number three hot take, right? We'll go from third to first because I think that's more fun. So third, I think you're going to see Kikuchi play much better in the second half here. I think he's, you know, after, you know, the harsh criticism from Montoyo, although he's no longer here, I think, you know, coming off, the aisle with his neck strain that we don't know if it's actually a neck strain or if it's a phantom injury, but you know, I think um, you're going to see Kikuchi have a better second half here. I don't think it'll be good enough to get him onto the postseason roster, maybe in a bullpen role, but I think Kikuchi is going to have a better finish here than, you know, that's obviously not going to be hard to do than how his first half went. But my second projection or sorry, my second hot take here is you're going to see Vladimir Guerrero jr. Bounce back to his form from last season Guerrero AL all-star starter this season he's not having a bad year but by his standards and what he did last year we were all expecting more I think you're going to see him go on an absolute rake tour the second half here so I think he's just everything that comes at him he's going to swing and I think he's going to have some very nice numbers down the stretch here and my main hot take is this should be obviously I've talked about it this on the podcast um, but I think you're going to see Barrios really bounce back. I think Barrios is going to live up to his his extension in the second half here. I think he's going to go on an absolute run, potentially be the guy that gives you game one of the playoffs. Um, I think Barrios, you know, is a pitcher that I think he has more talent than Gosman. I don't think that's a hot take. I just think he's had a very up and down year. There's been performances where he's looked absolutely dominant, and there's been ones where he's looked like he is a triple A arm that just got called up on the you know second game of a doubleheader and he's that 27th guy but i think barrios is definitely going to bounce back into form i'm just hoping to see him get back into that groove that we saw toward the end of last year because if we have this team where their pitchers are performing and like i said we had that fourth starter um for the postseason and with the offense guerrero bobachette springer guriel tay oscar alejandro kirk now danny jansen's you know uh, contributions uh, Raymond Tapia, who has been so underrated uh, the last few weeks here heading into the break. Last month or so, he has been absolutely on fire. His WRC Plus is, you know, crazy um, from when I thought it would be, uh, you know, in the early months of the season. I still think you're going to see some good out of Tapia. I think this team's best baseball is still yet to come. I think the second half here is where you go on a run. The season starts now. It's a clean slate. It's a fresh start. A lot of what this team needs. Bo Bichette. I'm hoping can get back to form. I love Bo. 
you know, once he starts getting back into it, you know, this team, uh, it's certainly going to be hard to stop. And I think if you're any team in the league, I still think you fear the Jays because, you know, Rogers Center in the postseason, it's going to be loud. The second half stretch here is going to be very entertaining because, you know, it's almost like every game matters at this point because the race for a wild card spot is just going to be an absolute mess as we head into September. So I cannot wait. Thank you guys all for listening to this episode of the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. The grind starts now. It is now the second half of the Blue Jays season. How are they going to finish? How are they going to do it? We will be back soon. Hopefully Nick should return by that. Um, I I guess record this, not this weekend, uh, maybe the Monday or Tuesday for the upcoming series against the Cardinals. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. Let's hope the Jays can take two of three games at least here from the Boston Red Sox and start off the second half here with a winning series. Thank you guys for listening. That's all. I'm